Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Well, I, uh, here we are together for Stories Are Soul Food. Welcome to Smooth Jazz. <laughs> What's your smooth jazz name? I'm just, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. I'm feeling trapped already. I uh, made him very sad. And trapped. And trapped by bringing a laptop in. And I just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm hurt. And I'm I have wounded. episode one of Rings of Power ready to go. <laughs> and we're <laughs> going to see how much, how much we can take. I haven't seen any of it yet. So, yeah, I, you know, I actually uh, I was in LA very not long ago. Um, and a buddy of mine, um, a good friend was off to the Venice film festival and he hit me on my way down. He was like, Hey, want to hit the premiere of rings of power? Here's the, <laughs> here's the, inv- here's the invitation. Um, and I, I was actually tempted. I was like, yeah. there's, you know, like material for the podcast. It could go to the. Yeah. theater 45 minutes early and present all my vaccine documentation and do all the stuff to get in and sit there and watch something that's going to be streaming on prime for free and uh, then of course there's all the the you know the hullabaloo's around the, them pulling down reviews and mm-hmm. you know how many people watched it as it started and was this bad was this good whatever yeah. i didn't care but i didn't i passed on i flaked i was tempted briefly to do something for this podcast well you did i think and then i didn't the premiere here i didn't <laughs> do it i reviewed i decided i was like you know what no and then i had lunch uh with a buddy and at a studio and he told me he was going to have to watch it in order to have an informed opinion in his position, he could not just have a prejudicial opinion like I did. Then he he kind of rebuked me a little bit, scolded me, and said he had to have an informed opinion. And so at that at that point, I was like, ah, I might, maybe I need to repent of your uninformed opinions of of my hubris and prejudice, and and just well, watch, uh, and watch this to have an informed opinion. And then I thought, no, and then. <laughs> Uh, not, I cut. thought, no, I'm not going to. I actually, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see if this gains any kind of traction such that I need to have an informed opinion. I don't want to have an informed opinion if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so that was my last decision. Then here I come into the studio. <laughs> Ambushed. To have a completely therapeutic and relaxing SAS experience. And I find Brian armed with a laptop ready to force me to watch a little bit of rings of power and I just don't know how I feel about this or I should say I do know how I feel about it <laughs> but it's um well I like too that that at first I felt bad we weren't watching on a screen and then I thought it's we Amazon are. Prime we're watching on a screen I will I will say this this might be the first time Amazon has ever made a show that caused people to subscribe to Prime who had not previously and that's been I'm That's li- their goal, right? Yeah, I'm a little bit out of date with Amazon Studios. I had a, a project there for a little for a little while, and uh, it died, as as projects tend to. And um, when all the executives fled and and went somewhere else, as you know, the revolving door. Mm. Um, but uh, there, we had enough conversations there that talking about what they're trying to figure out is they couldn't figure out their mandate. They could not figure out what they were trying to do. You know. Are we just trying to win gold statues for Jeff? Mm-hmm. You know, are we trying? Is this all vanity legacy? You know, he's struggling with mortality and he wants statues. Yeah. Is this prizes for Jeffrey? Uh, what is it? And are they the the ones who are more commercially minded knew that to have Prime TV, Prime Video, make any sense at all? They need it to be content that causes people to subscribe to Prime who would not otherwise have subscribed to Prime. And they could not get there. And Wheel of Time didn't do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that was actually already after I, I was no longer working there. But it's, oh, okay. um, that's, I think about that. Think about how effective Prime was based yeah. on free shipping. Mm-hmm. You know, just free shipping. 
And so they have massive, massive numbers of Prime subscribers. And then they say, hey, we're going to give you TV shows also. And Prime subscribers say, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, all right. <laughs> but I, I have free shipping still, right? And they're like, yes. And they're like, fine. You can give me free TV also if you, yeah. if you really want to. They're like, how about music? How about photo storage? Yeah. You know, just nonstop things. Yeah. And it's and like, but like, as I, long as you still give me free shipping, I'll <laughs> still have this. As long as I can still get my dish soap and yeah. my dog food delivered to my door free. Yeah. Then I'm fine. Doesn't so, even have to be two days anymore. I know we don't get the two day. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, so the number, I think it was 25 million watched this show. Uh, Although it was a little precise about what they said. 25 million sampled episode one began yeah <laughs> uh, 25 million and one 25 yeah <laughs> about <to> uh, <laughs> so 25 million people began this show it was much ballyhooed and and uh anticipated uh, most expensive of all time uh i believe and i can't i think right so, I, I think so yeah what would have been more expensive than this um barney the simpsons um Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. So I think this might've been the first time people actually signed up for prime in order to watch something, which is funny. Cause that's what? $130. That's an expensive streaming service, right? Not too bad though. Yeah. But are they doing like the, the free month? Is there like a trial? Are they going to do the oh, quick yeah, trial know. and churn? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So what's our goal here, Brian? Our how, goal for how, this? how many minutes do I actually have to watch this? I mean, you have to watch enough to get a good podcast out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we find a good podcast some other way? Oh, yes, we can. <laughs> but today, this is the way. The uh, and this is how SAS died. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's literally like, Episode I'm out. <laughs> 80, what? And then it turns <laughs> It was a good run. Yeah. It was we, a it was a good it was a good run. Okay, fine. Fine. I, I honestly don't think we have to watch much. I'm just curious. I, I honestly, I'm hoping. Let's let's move to flattery. I'm hoping to get your. <laughs> uh, we're at levels of. Uh, I can't remember what that episode was. The one episode that got the most groans out of Nate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm more interested in kind of what they're trying to do and how they missed messed up the beginning, right? Because I think people you want to know how they messed up the beginning. Yeah. Oh well, I guess a bigger question first is: Could this succeed in your mind? I mean, yeah, this is how we find out if you're prejudicial or not. Yeah, of course it could succeed. How? I think you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> it could cause lots of people to subscribe to Prime. Ah, okay. That would be success for you as a Tolkien adapter. Could this mm. be adapted? Yeah, of course. H how so? Could you make like Tolkien backstories and have them be fun and good? For Is sure. that the question? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's our standard, right? Tolkien backstory. <laughs> no, just anything worth watching and good is the standard, right? Right. So, and okay. I don't even care if it's modified. Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, I know. I'm not a purist. I'm not a purist in that way. I don't mind them making up characters. I the, here's, here's the thing. Every, every person who sets out to... Uh, adapt a work should a be trying to honor that work and be true to that work like try to try to find the thing that was great about it the you know thing that was good about it and then you should absolutely be trying to surpass it if you're not if you're not trying to surpass it then what are you doing so um coffee gurgling um hopefully in the microphone but uh so what, like, why just give up? You know, you might know that you're doomed to fail because you're making a movie based off a fantastic novel or you're adapting a, a you know, piece of great fiction uh, into a series. You might know there's, you know, it's a real steep climb, but you should be trying to make a really great, uh, a really, really great thing. Yeah. And so sometimes it happens. You know, I think Children of Men is an example where it's like, ah, oh, the film is, better than the book mm. um, i haven't even read the book and and it's you know the book's great in its own way but it has a lot of flaws and the film comes along and finds the core concept and exploits the the core concept in a way that's extremely potent and effective 
And so can you find even really beloved material and then execute it in a different medium in a way that's that serves that beloved material better than yeah. you know than the the prose version and of course you can yeah and i mean they're working from his appendices those aren't even a completed novel <laughs> correct so it should be really easy yeah it should have been an easy job hear that bezos <laughs> piece of cake piece of cake could have done it with 50 grand <laughs> uh okay I fine mean, uh, fine brian here we are <laughs> series premiere episode one a shadow of the past for those of you watching along you'll have to okay know. ready <laughs> neutrality <sighs> neutrality assumed he's doing his best to i mean show. there is no neutrality never mind yeah not prejudicial do i need subtitles on this no i think this Script's going to be really good. So excited. <laughs> Who knew we were transitioning to Mystery Science Theater? <laughs> hmm. And origami. So far, it's just a little Mormon. Very clean. So is this supposed to be like, I think it's day, day one. All right. I'm struggling with the origami on day one. That's at least a day three invention. <laughs> like, there's not been a sunrise, but we have paper. Somebody's already milled lumber. Pulped it down. Pulped it. Took it to Lewiston. <laughs> Dried it out and shipped it to this elf child. It's and the introduction of evil is throwing rocks at origami. <laughs> at an origami boat. Eva. Or is this the evil that she retaliates? Oh no, that was Galadriel fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good ship, sister. Oh, my gosh. I'm a little confused at this point. Well, what is happening? I made it three minutes. We're, we might have to stop soon. This is so utterly... This is theme stated, right? Are we trying to state a theme? Sort of. Oh my god. The writer's like, I'll figure that out later. <laughs> it's like <laughs> didn't even say whisper it. <laughs> the deep secret in her ear. Save it for episode eight. <laughs> that guy reminds me too much of uh Mr. Andrews from Matrix, the elf. I was thinking more of like what, Fritz in Son of Music? The <laughs> <laughs> young Nazi youth. <laughs> 
So, is it permanent magic light? It was the sun's a little higher. I, oh, it's uh, the tree. The rolling R. Oh, good. Oh, see, because it's real boats. And I'm super started. over it. I mean, like, it's really bad. Cut to Game of Thrones. Um, can you make it stop? <laughs> okay, that was five minutes. I thought five might be. Five's fair. Yeah, we, we, five is fair, right? Five is, do you want to keep watching? Yeah, should, that, uh, that the answer should be obvious. Yeah, you right should at be that in. Point of, I just don't think why they think we would care about Galadriel. They they are well at this point they are and not inaccurately uh, basing all of this on the pre commitment of an audience to basically come along for the full ride and so they're not trying to earn it yeah so they're being lazy on purpose well it's not lazy they like just... I said they're not necessarily wrong um, the uh, sorry I've got a bunch of um, text i'm gonna ignore um the yeah it's there's this this is one of the difficulties when you're de when you're dealing with source material and you say okay i've got an audience that's deeply committed already and what do they want what does the audience want from me and so i've talked before about the who are you and who are they and where where ought they to be when you are a studio and you're bringing out something beloved like what is the audience in this case, just Tolkien. So the appendices are not beloved. They're not even really well known or well read. It's the concept of Middle Earth and Tolkien that's that's beloved. And so you have, I'm Amazon. I have Tolkien. I paid huge sums of money for it. And I'm going to bring out for this audience something. Um, what will they want? What will they want? What will they need? Uh, and so there's a, there's a kind of uh, flippance uh, a little bit of uh, flippancy that would would um, come from treating it like a normal show. If you just try to quickly establish Gladriel's character and make her likable, and you know, okay, and just get into it, yeah, it would be a little bit trite. You know, it's like, hey, we're already in. Why it's are we like here? We're here for Tolkien, yeah. the character Tolkien. Yeah. We're here for the creator Tolkien. So, yeah. uh, I definitely think this is the wrong angle, and I think that it comes across exactly like the trailers did which is like very hallmark so, so especially at the beginning very glowed. gauzy yeah so incredibly gauzy so incredibly blonde and for all of the uh all of the worry uh the overly wokeness everybody was like tussling around the wokeness that that strikes me right now as like man that's that's some intelligent marketing on the part of amazon because this is incredibly white yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, that's what they're saying. They're saying every bad review is a racist who doesn't like the black elf that we haven't even met yet. Yeah, but I, what I mean is I think that Amazon's setting up accusations against themselves for, uh, right. for having been too diverse. I have never read is any. extremely intelligent <laughs> yeah. because this is really, really white. I mean, that was like hyper Aryan, gauzy, golden magic light, all blonde, blue-eyed. Like everything was, uh, you know, just uninterestingly that way. Um, Wouldn't you say that's kind of, it doesn't, Tol I mean, Tolkien's universe is Northern, right? Okay, think about Arwen. Yeah. How is Arwen complected? Yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so this is, Tolkien's elves are not all blonde and blue-eyed. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really odd. That was really odd. It's all golden and white, and everyone's wearing a white tunic, and everything's back backlit with magic light, and and we're seeing how literally gauzy their clothing is. Like when I say it's gauzy, it's actually gauzy. They're all uh -huh. 
translucent in front of the magic light. Yeah. And their skin is translucent and their eyes are pale blue and everything's blonde and and everything's whispered. I would have I would have made that way more way more earthy, much much faster. Yeah. Um a lot more quickly. So, and the or the origami nonsense at the outset is a is a really uh ridiculous ridiculous little trope to try to establish a theme. Yeah. That's stupid and i mean just because you can say hey look there's a paper boat and then we move to elf boats that doesn't make a theme work well i think people will say oh look artistry but did we move to elf boats in any kind of connective way no no it just like, was okay opening opening scene little girl making and we say there's not even been a sun a sunrise yet mm-hmm. um and then we're like oh they actually been here for a long time because the tree glows this is where their light comes from and they have been making paper and there's an older brother who has taught her origami and she knows how to throw this thing in the water and it expands into a dragon boat. Yeah. And other elf children hit it with rocks. Um, okay. Yeah. Great. This is supposed to symbolize what? Um, yeah. I think all that, all that matters at the beginning is that we just are supposed to know that it's symbolizing something. And look, well, look the how truth was hidden. Look how symbolic we are. Yeah. And look how deep we are and look how thinky we are and meaningful. This is meaningful. And yeah. I've, I've commented before that like the impression of things often matters more than the reality, but it doesn't, um, unfort- that's unfortunate. And I've, I've heard myself, I've heard directors say, uh, when somebody says, hey, this line doesn't make sense, I've heard them say, it doesn't need to. Hmm. Like this doesn't need to make sense. It just needs to feel like it does. It just needs to feel to the audience as if it is meaningful. And uh, it needs to feel aggressive, even if it's odd or badly constructed or incorrect. Uh, and that feelings-based creativity can really lead you astray rapidly. And it, it turns into somebody like over, overly rubbing a nerve ending. You know, they're just like yeah. scratching one spot and it's just going to kind of get bloody and you want to go away. And could I please just go not well, be I, here? I mean, the soundtrack too is doing the same thing. Yeah. We hit intense strings. Like same tone, same in, tone, same like, tone, same tone, same yeah. tone, same tone. Yeah. Same tone over and over and over and over and over and over. It's like, it's, yeah. uh, you know, just, just going for it. Yeah. And and then that scene of a dragon attacking a griffin or whatever was going on you know we immediately when we moved into fake fantasy realm yeah it's like oh we're in middle earth now where everything's fiery and bloody and yeah there's no explanation because somebody attacked our tree mm-hmm. glowing elsewhere and so we attacked middle earth all right <laughs> yeah yeah great yeah good good to know <laughs> and then austrio hungry yeah <laughs> It's like straight out of a history textbook. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, I um I got through five minutes. I'm feeling good about getting through five minutes. I feel like I was not prejudicial about that, but uh, <laughs> we did. I don't think we got to the opening credits. No, we didn't make it to the opening credits. <laughs> but how could I have? I got to the map. I made it to the first big map sequence where where the Indiana Jones airplane crossed from Elfland over to Middle Earth. Yeah. I made it that far. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking in terms, you know, you watch when Star Wars knows the audience wants to meet certain characters. And so they're, they know that character comes on the screen. There's a big cheer from the audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I assume that's regularly littered through this wherever they can. Like, oh, I remember that. It's Gimli's grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody knows Gimli's. I, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that they can do that. But I, I will say that the the commitment of tolkien fans i would love to see the drop off rate i would love to see their conversion from episode 1 to whatever the last episode is i would i would yeah. love to see that data and i know yeah. that they will never show any of it the fact that they are uh that they suppressed reviews the fast and they that they also said because of racism yeah and it's like really like really that's that's why I know. Um, I, I should check because I haven't seen any that's a racist pretty, reviews. I've that's just... a pretty nice uh, get out of jail free card for turning off all the reviews that aren't uh, that aren't racist and are just <laughs> talking about how this looks like a, a Mormon pipe dream at the beginning. <laughs> They're actually going to push in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've turned it back on now and they're sitting at three and a half stars. 
So yeah, but they're also, I mean, do we really think that they're not filtering those things? They, def- <laughs> like they definitely are. <laughs> they're definitely hiding those. I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's 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 all sad. It's all just a sad, sad world right now. I guess I'm just having a failure of imagination with how you could tell Galadriel's backstory. Maybe. I think Amazon just let me down. I don't know how you could make a miniseries out of Galadriel and have me like it. So maybe I am too prejudiced. <laughs> Did you ever like Galadriel? That's not her purpose. That's no. I, it's a it's a question, Brian. You can answer it. Oh, you mean in, do the you character mean in, the movie? in the novels? The novels. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then then you should be able to tell her backstory. <laughs> uh. I guess maybe it's just that complete lack of trust then. Yeah, there you go. I I am fully defensive of this project in principle. There's nothing wrong with okay. this in principle. I am not somebody who's going to object to just you may never make a, you know, apocryphal story around around uh Tolkien's world. Isn't it more like telling a story about an elf is kind of like telling a story about an angel? No. You don't think so? Mm. Cuz it's not. <laughs> okay what about Galadriel? can they die brian yes yes yes, they can yeah i guess galadriel does have a weakness she is tempted to go after the power she ends up stuck in a wood i mean she ends up like with a little golden wood wearing her prison waiting for a hobbit Mm. you know it's so that could be interesting we can get her there we can get her there with interesting drama do you think that the drama difficult middle has... school years leading? <laughs> that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I just complain about the bats <laughs> telling it. If bad, you don't but... like the destination, then it's hard to tell a backstory. So if you don't like where she is in the novels, now I agree, whatever to the the films and where she is in the films. But if you don't like where she is in the novels, then like backing into that would be really difficult. I don't really know why they picked her, other than the fact that there are some appendices, and so. They had to get someone. They, could, you know. they had to get someone who was in the previous movies. But I honestly would have just made stuff up. I would have done just your own story. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so when you're in the paths of the dead and you find, you know, the the guy uh, sitting there, the skeleton, and there's all the scratches at the stone door, and mm. Aragorn just kind of walks past him. It's like there's a ton of characters. There's a ton of side characters who had all sorts of, you know, adventurous. Um, existences there's a lot of tales to be told uh, along along the way that you could unpack you don't have to do this one but there's no reason to say that you can't tell backstories like no of course you can tell backstories. <laughs> they can't tell backstories no they can't tell front stories either brian <laughs> so the issue is one of trust the issue yeah. is just do you trust them to do it and the answer is, well i mean obviously what have they done well like what show have you seen on Prime that you're like, man, they executed that, they no. nailed that. Yeah, no, I'm. Doing, I mean, even easy stuff like Jack Ryan or whatever couldn't Gosh. even get a whole season Gosh. without just falling off a cliff. There, yeah, Jack Ryan is. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I hated it that bad. I, I, you know, it's I, a microwaved week old donut. Yeah. It's Jack Ryan is terrible, and you had, you know, a great lead. And you just went right. off the rails sideways. Yeah. You have gr- yeah. great underlying IP, and it is a piece of trash. Yeah, of a show. Have four episodes in, you're like, I don't know where we are anymore. We've lost our way. Admiral Greer is where it jumps the shark completely. Oh, with the Muslim, the Muslim guy. That's a, yeah, that's one piece of it. But yeah, no, it's complete trash. There we go. We've heard they did that. without remorse too, didn't they? With Michael B. Jordan. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that. Also, total trash. One of Tom Clancy's best novels, while one of the gnarliest ones in terms of some of the uh, materials. So it's definitely a hard R um, in terms of some of the stuff you're reading. You know, it's like, yeah. but it's um, so there's there's scenes that you're kind of skipping, skipping, skipping. It's one of the only Clancy novels where there's you know sex scenes and stuff. But mm. um, but it's actually like, man, this is talk about backstory. It's the backstory of one of his recurring characters that shows up, one of the recurring side characters that shows up in later novels. Mm. Uh, you know, without remorse is this backstory there. And it's it's really compelling. Um yeah. and the film is just garbage. Yeah, well, and then, and then the you have Terminal the reviews, List yeah. where it's like, okay, so what did we just do? Like weirdly, we just 
made a partisan show where because liberals hate it, conservatives must love it. <laughs> Wait, um, congratulations, you played yourself. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, okay, so you have a success. Yay, Amazon success. Yeah. Oops. Um, you accidentally made a show Glenn Beck loves. And yeah, I mean, I mean, Mormons. Way to way to go. <laughs> way to go. And and um, but it's a hit. Yeah. You know, it's a hit with uh, a hit with viewers. And the, so there's that. And then you look at Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. Like, okay. Uh, no, I didn't, I I didn't mean, see that. Uh, clearly, we're not using Prime for videos. Right. <laughs> like, but I'm just I'm rattling off like things that they like really promoted. Gotcha. Um, you know, you just kind of. Tomorrow, the Tomorrow War. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, that was Andy, whatever, from uh, Parks and Rec. In a in a future futuristic movie, so. yeah, we're still Chris Pat, you know, Chris Pratt contract, but that's that's actually a, a studio film that would have involved massive reshoots and extra visual effects work. And you have the studio say, "Do we want to go spend another eight figures making this movie okay, or do we want to pawn it off on Amazon?" And they say, "Let's pawn it off on Amazon." <laughs> and so they just Amazon pick me. Yeah, so they pawn it off on Amazon. That's it. It's an unfinished film. Tomorrow War is an unfinished film. Oh, okay, I, I didn't. Mean, I didn't know that. It's like all so, the crawling. I mean, you just go and, and what I mean by that is like you go look at it, you go watch it, and you're like, ah, I know how this happened. Mm. Like, it wasn't supposed to have been unfinished at this point, but they got to a place where if they were going to finish it, they like make it good and make it ready for theaters, mm. uh, which was the plan. I think it was Paramount. Then they instead they just flexed their Amazon deal and cashed out, <laughs> cashed out their chips. Huh. Um, and so you, you bounce around, you look at like, okay, so Bosch. Yeah. Like, okay, hard bitten detective, great yeah. lead actor, uh, some horrendous, horrendous dialogue, some of the most like expositionally heavy uh yeah no i've, I've read a few bosch and watched a lot of bosch great opening credits yes uh, yeah love the, the opening <laughs> love the opening credits love the guy's house in the hills that's neat yeah love titus welliver and his and his performance mm -hmm. um what else i mean yeah his 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 uh it's a procedural dies, his wife dies so it's a procedural and it's yeah. like okay and so there's it's not like it's you know yeah towering but i happen to enjoy it right um i think dan pine did a good job actually as the showrunner putting the thing together and like taking it like okay yeah so bosch is decent decent tv bosch is solid tv procedural yeah yeah but it's you bounce around and you you try to figure it out you try to look and it's you know, it's not like it's they a did, bleak world out there it's not like they did anything in studio that you could say do you know what i would trust them with I would trust them with something Tolkien that runs. <laughs> I would trust them with not like, yeah, I would, I would trust them with massive, massive budgets, enormous worlds, characters and stakes. That that's, they're the right studio for that. For yeah. sure. Actually, that's, that's it. It's the genuineness that will be required for us to care about a Griffin fighting a dragon. That's a huge, I mean, I don't, it's hard to see me getting motivated to do that on my laptop. Just being like, oh, I care. It's much easier to be like the stakes situation yeah. really seems to matter a lot. You're trying to tell a, an Adam and Eve story, you know, about the fall of the world into darkness and how Galadriel stood alone. And I don't know that even you could get me to care uh, in a show, in a TV. It could show. happen, Brian. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. I love your cynicism, but it could it could happen. Okay. It could it could I be trust, done. I trust the director. And I'm just room. saying it could be done. And especially if you said, hey, let's take some wildly talented people, uh, give them creative restrictions, fixed points, limitations, and and actually like mm. clear goals, clear creative goals. Oh yeah. Okay, meaning like like what? Make Brian care. <laughs> Someone watching has to like the people. <laughs> if if we put Brian in the executive chair, I'm not even that hard to get to care. I, don't I know. Think, I don't that's, think. that's why this is so doable. <laughs> we put Brian in the executive chair and get you some real, real talented writers yeah. and directors, uh, and and actually say the goal here: you got to get Brian to care. We got to really get Brian to care and be like love the season architecture. Yeah, love this character, love this journey. 
No, they would have that done in three weeks. They'd have a map for you and you would love it. And then they could go execute it. Okay. That part is not that hard. Okay. It's. But they I, didn't do that. No. <laughs> why Why didn't they do that? <laughs> because that's not the goal. The, the goal, goal is, is not to make Brian care. The goal is to like boost Prime's profile, boost Prime's presence, like be a King Kong in the marketplace and get people to subscribe to Prime. Okay. So it's they could have spent this money. Uh, basically spending the money was the goal then that's the roadmap the fact that they spent this i can much only on i i mean honestly i'm stabbing in the dark because yeah i don't really know i can't well you're like hire massively talented people they go grab screenwriters with zero credits like right that that's crazy to me right unless someone managed to have some information on someone and said you will now hire this person to be the screenwriter right but you know this is this has <laughs> happened before where you're like man this is this person just directed a huge film. I wonder what they've done before. And you look at it and you're like, what? Like, where, where did this come from? You know, why did this person get this project? Sometimes it's, it's obvious where it's like, oh, you know. They've succeeded here. here Ryan Coogler. And he jumped from, you know, it's like Fruitvale Station. And he jumped like, boom. He's like leapt up Creed, Black Panther. You know, it's like, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, okay, there's these stair steps. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of times when you're just like, wait, you excuse me like what are you you're managing a quarter billion dollars of you know creative vision no wonder it sucks you've never done anything over two hundred fifty thousand dollars before you know it's like it's mm -hmm. um yeah and the the fact is that restriction and limitation is so good for creativity yeah. you have you have to have yeah. those restraints you have to have limits and goals and 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 really really uh you know, put yourself in the labyrinth creatively where you have to find your way out. You have to figure out how you solve problems and, and get from here to there. You don't just have unlimited budgets. Uh, you know, talking to uh, the friend, actually, the friend who told me we should go to the, the uh, premiere, uh, even though he was flying to Venice. <laughs> and uh, talking to him about how best to mentor directors, like how like to, to really train directors uh he he proposed to me he was like what we do is we we bring in directors to a soundstage with their projects we we limit them down we have our final cohort of, of people we want we think they have talent and we want to see them like get to a place where they can be storytellers who are, who are telling really potent stories that will affect the culture we bring them in uh to a soundstage and we give them an indulgent budget and an extremely talented dp and a highly veteran crew to shoot one scene from their project. And we give them a day and they're just, it's that's, super. That's a cool idea. It's super indulgent. And then the next day <laughs> we take a bunch of it away and we make them shoot the same scene. They don't okay. have the DP. You lose some of the gear. Like you don't have the crane. You just take it away. The next day you do the same thing. You strip away more. And just like start with this real indulgent, mm -hmm. like this is just everybody will do this for you, and you get to be the auteur at the top. And then by the end, you have them like really, really stripped down, uh, highly restricted, trying to solve problems, how you communicate things. And then he said, on the last day, we dropped them off naked in the woods with an iPhone. <laughs> but <it's, laughs> but uh, film the scene, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by yourself out there. But the the point is actually, if you did do that. The best version of that scene would not be the indulgent one. That's true. It would not be the one where they had everything. That is very true. It would always be the one that put pressure on them and forced them to get creative. It forced them to adapt and overcome. And if they are a genuine creator, if they're made for this, if they're made for creativity, that pressure and that resistance would actually, yeah, would actually provoke. Uh, a creative response and they would find solutions. And so you would discover things. They would discover things in their story and in character work somewhere in the middle, like right. some, somewhere in the middle where the restrictions started piling on the, uh, you know, they, they would the find, they would find things about their scene and their vision that they actually preferred where at first they think everybody thinks they just want daddy's black card and they can swipe it and do whatever, you know, wouldn't it be amazing just to have unlimited budgets? Mm. And I was like, well, if you, if you want to suck always, yeah, you know, it's like, cause you'd have like this, you have nobody to say, 
we actually can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, do you want to spend your CG budget on the Griffin Dragon scene at minute four? The glowing no tree, can. the Griffin Dragon scene. Um, you know, there's the boat unfolding because you know they had to fake that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's somewhere people were like, ka ching, we got hired to do the origami boat. Mm -hmm. Visual effects. Yes. Yep. We're working on. You know, on the well, it's so things. true. We all know that a book doesn't get better because you wrote two hundred thousand words of it. You just kept going. You just really did it. This I mean, novel got better because I just wouldn't stop. Right? Can you make me interested? And in, we do. No, I have the problem of stopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The we do this all the time. You say, "Hey, can you convince me your book is a good idea in a paragraph or a yeah. line?" Because if you can, give me a I, sentence. Then, if you give that to me, that's how I know that you can tell the story. Elevator pitch it. Yeah, because if you can't, I already know that you can't. That's interesting. So, so this pitch right here is like you said, it's a massive piece of IP. Let's phenomenal. Spend, let's spend spectacle. Phenomenal cosmic powers. <laughs> that's what I've been thinking. But what this you whole need time. is that itty bitty living space. <laughs> yeah, you need like yeah. you need to actually. I was gonna say genies get three wishes because unlimited genie wishes stupid is stupid yeah and no wishing for no more wishes yeah you know it's you have to have you have to have restriction and so um in this particular situation it would have been much better to have the restriction of make brian like it or make yeah make somebody who's a true tolkien fan yeah love it make somebody care uh or even better make somebody who doesn't like tolkien yeah you know if you could take somebody who never even watched the movies doesn't know like Peter Jackson movies at all. Yeah. Can you make a random 17 year old in Detroit like love this show? Yeah. He saw a picture of Legolas once and was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, Orlando Bloom. Who's that? Yeah, what's, but it's, if you can do that, if you can make them care and them come along for the ride and them get sucked in and game of Thrones did that. So as much as, you know, we can be like, yeah, you know, game of Thrones, that's, you know, raunch faster or whatever. They did achieve that. They did do that. I don't. I don't know the names because I haven't watched it. I think I, I read one before I knew what it was because my cousin was like, "This is great. This is amazing." Yeah, and uh, there's that, so much naughtiness. Yeah. <laughs> he did not say that. <laughs> I think that's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that the Stark character who dies. Ned. The, yeah. Yeah, that's a great character. Yeah. That's a fun one, and especially when he dies, there's a moment of real, like, "Whoa, here we go! How can this be made better?" Turns out George didn't want to make it better; <laughs> he no. just wanted more of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yes, I want, I want to make your care, then put knives in yeah, you. I yeah. want to put knives in your carrying. It's like um, a Bugs Bunny getting stabbed with the multiple barrels all the ways, and all the scenes when you stick Bugs Bunny. That's how <laughs> I felt when I was reading that book. <laughs> it's, a, it's, yeah, my editor actually. Uh, I didn't know anything about Game of Thrones. It was not a thing yet. And my editor uh, at the time told me, hey, I need you to read these. And the first couple of them, and I whipped through them and it was just like, holy crow, these are terrible. Um, and it, But they had a shtick going. There was like this massive world building to them. Yep. So like the escapism was off the charts and then the shock and awe. It was like, yes. yep. like, I will I will kill Aragorn in in, book in chapter one. three. Yeah, <laughs> I will do what I love doing: massive amounts of foreshadowing. I mean, massive amounts of foreshadowing, just <laughs> to burn it to the ground. Um, yeah, and it's it like and it just it, it that works. sense of peril. I think was there. You yeah, know, in a, in a way, but that, that's the, but yeah. the books were like okay, the books did okay. The books are huge now because the because yeah. the HBO show, but. You know, when they made the Lord of the Rings move, they were not doing that blind to the success of Game of Thrones. And so that when I think about the goals of Amazon, and I can joke about they want people to subscribe to Prime or whatever. If they had succeeded, so if they take Game of Thrones and you say, did most of the people who watched Game of Thrones and cared deeply about Game of Thrones, did most of them come to that show having read the books the answer is absolutely not like what brought them is like what brought them was a deep commitment to the reality of a world uh -huh. to making it real 
It was real. Now, the way they made it real was by making it vile. And in some ways, yeah. they, marketed, they marketed the vileness, but not always. It wasn't like the vileness was not like the only reality. There was a depth of commitment to the reality of the characters and the reality of the world um, and the complexity of the world, the earthiness of the world. Yeah. And they, they were all just in. They were deep in and really, really committed to making it real. And five minutes into this. That is the last there's word. There's nothing real about that. That is the last word you'd use. Yeah, there's nothing real about that Yeah, at all. Um, and so, you know, they, I know that I can say like, well, it's a big IP and they're grabbing Tolkien, they're gonna pull it in and they just want more subscribers, they want whatever. But ultimately what they wanted, a big success to answer the earlier question, I think more accurately, would be if they had duplicated and multiplied Game of Thrones success. If they had for a whole family, right? If they had been able to, yeah, but if they had been able to grab everyone who loved Game of Thrones and misses it, if they'd been able to pull them over to Prime off of HBO to to watch this for years, because Game of Thrones went eight seasons Mm -hmm. and everybody was mad that it stopped. Um, you know, that I think it was eight seasons. And there's you know a petition new to remake. To, well, there's, there's a that new one that just came out. Yeah, we're, which we're I, I don't think is really. It's not doing well. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the tail off is crazy. What everybody wants is them to remake season eight, I think. Um, but even then, not enough people. Um, but it's if they had done that, if they if they had been able to capture that market and and migrate them to Prime with a new show with dragons, um, that would have been massive victory mm. but in order to do that there would have had to be a deep reality yeah uh a profound yeah. reality to every to think... every character and and to the political ecosystem a reality yeah. to the political ecosystem a reality to the streets a reality to the houses a reality it just to felt fake everything every, you know, fake. everything about it was fake everything about it was golden and gauzy yeah. and it would have needed to be very very real for them to even begin now they succeeded in the marketing they had a 25 million like user starter. Mm-hmm. So like they had people spotted them 25 million sets of eyeballs. Yeah. Now if they had put the work in, that's enough. That's enough for them to have pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Like if they had really sold it and those those 25 million uh had started off by saying, "Whoa, this is actually really good." Yeah. Like this is actually uh this is actually awesome. Um, then that would have grown from there. That's the starter dough that would have grown and it could have actually accomplished yeah. that. But I think we are a far cry. We are a far cry from that. I don't know that we're going to see a billion dollar investment from Amazon anytime soon. <laughs> oh. People will look at their total prime subscribers before and after this billion dollar investment or whatever it ends up being by the time they're done. It's going to be about the same. And they'll be like, "Um, well, we gained seven in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this has been our podcast. I only had to watch five minutes. And yeah, there we go. There's not a lot to say. I think you captured it. I bet they don't even do the bad guys real. We don't even have to bet on that. They don't do vile. The vile they can't even capture. No, they already they already did a big roller coaster crawl shot across like something that looked like a a, a lava vein in the in space. I think that was Whereas, the burned up tree. They were going up its trunk. <laughs> okay, lava vein in space. <laughs> Morgoth. Morgoth. <laughs> Otherwise known as lava vein in space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what we could have talked about today? We could have talked about the Lucid Roundup. I went to the rodeo, and that would have been. You know, I have so many character and story thoughts, and instead you ruined it, Brian. <laughs> you are welcome. Okay, fine. yes. Okay, fine. We talked about Rings of Power. It's probably good that we did. I think I was sufficiently non-prejudicial. Brian turned out to be the real prejudicial one. I know. Thinking that the whole project was doomed. I think the project was not doomed. They just pooched it. <laughs> That's the summary. The end. Goodbye. Now I'm going to secretly go in the closet and watch all of it and love it. I already tried to get my wife to watch it and she was like, why? (laughs) I'll try again. (laughs) Yeah. No, I doubt I'll ever watch another second of this show.
Hey, it's Brian Cole, and I recently got an email from one of our audio listeners who was saying, hey, I've already listened to both Anne of Green Gables books on Canon Plus, and I'm wondering where the rest of the series is. And I thought, you know what? I should tell people what's gotten onto Canon Plus recently in case they too, like me, have not yet listened to Anne of Green Gables. Uh, All I know about Anne is that I think she has red hair and I think she broke a writing slate over a boy's head. Those are the two things I know. Anyways, I wanted to encourage you to take a gander at our children's section, our classic section, and our writing section because that's those are kind of three things that overlap with what the soul food crowd is into. Uh, especially we've been listening to the children's section with all its E. Nesbit stuff, Five Children and It, Secret of the Amulet, The Treasure Seekers, funny stuff, great narrator and fun to listen to. Of course, if you're looking for good narrators, you also do need to check out Cannonball's own Brave Ollie Possum. If you don't have the Glorch voice as a bedtime routine, I don't know what you're doing. And if you aren't tired of my voice, you can listen to My Father's Dragon, which for some reason I went ahead and read, I think because I'm fond of it. Now you too can listen to me struggle to separate all of the different creatures' voices and keep them straight. Yeah, that's not the best pitch for My Father's Dragon, but it is a good story, which is, I believe, becoming a Netflix series soon. Last thing you might want to check out is the classic series, the Old Mother West Wind series by Thornton Burgess, a bunch of modern-day Aesop fables with tragedy, success, and adventure, all about animals in a wood. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff on there that's just kind of scratched the surface, but you SASF listeners can try it out for a month on Canon Plus for the low, low price of 99 cents with the code SASF99, S-A-S-F-99. All right, that's enough of me. Bye.